And I mean, I see, I see with coaches too. But when I'm having a discussion about you know running a play, they're like, "Oh, we're gonna run inside zone here." I'm like, "Why?" It's like, "Oh, well, because I'm always running inside zone." I'm like, "Okay, but, but, but why?" Hello and welcome to At The 55, your home for OUA football. This is a little introductory episode Dakota and I are doing for a series that has yet to be named and who knows, maybe it'll remain untitled, but I'm sure we'll come up with something snappy we normally do, but the purpose of which is to have discussions with athletes, uh, hopefully outside of football, but obviously our brand is football first, so no doubt that'll be the majority of the athletes we speak to, but conversations with athletes and how they've dealt with their mental health as a student athlete and outside of their lives. Whatever they want that conversation, or I should say however they want that conversation to go, we want to let them, give them a forum to just open up and and have honest conversations. Um, in, in some ways, I feel like this is an extension of what we tried to do, and not to say that it's it's not working, but when we did Outside the Playbook, where AJ wrote that great piece, and frankly, maybe more players are just down to hop on a podcast and just shoot the shit versus writing something out. Um, you know, of course, uh, for those of you who didn't see AJ's piece, it's on the website. It's an incredible his it's his take on just sort of what he saw in terms of injustice and and how that related to social media over the summer of 2020. Um, go check that out. Um, really great piece. But anyways, getting off track, we just want to have this conversation with players about where they're at. And as an intro, Dakota and I just wanted to talk a little bit about sort of where we see the landscape of sports and how. It handles mental um, mental health and how the sort of general media. So I want to hand off to you, Dakota, because I know this is something that's uh, very personal for you and that you're very passionate about. Um, so why don't I just hand the floor over to you? Well, I like the way you say how the media handles mental health when, I mean, I feel like it's the fucking only thing they don't do, if we're being quite honest. Um, well, I mean, Zach, what day is it today if they're listening to this the day it comes out? Well... Uh, since we are releasing this on two days from where we're recording it, it is Bell Let's Talk Day. Now, I don't do this often. Uh, I mean, I talk a lot of shit often. Don't get me wrong, but I don't. I don't say a little piece before I talk shit. Um, anything I talk about on this episode or future episodes when it comes to mental health is my experience with my depression. Right? I'm not gonna talk about other people or I'm going to try my best to not talk about other people unless I have you know direct quotes which I have some lined up right here um the man keeps receipts (laughs) and I I just want to preface it that you know raising awareness for mental health is important and the reason I say that right now is because I'm also going to say I fucking hate Bell Let's Talk Day let me explain I fucking hate it I hate it I hate it so much um and don't get me wrong again I think raising awareness is good I think raising money is good um, but let's let's start with my my one of my big issues is that I don't like how it's a, a now a, a corporate thing. Um, you know, first of all, if we're just getting to the brass tax of things, tax being used on purpose here, we're raising a lot of money for awareness, and then Bell is donating that money, and then Bell is getting a huge tax break. So that's that's a whole other moral issue that I have with it that we're. You know, there's a big tax break on it, and and yeah, we're raising millions and millions and millions of dollars. I don't even know if it's that many millions. Um, I think the number. Uh, I'm gonna probably butcher it. And sorry to cut you off because no, the initial okay. the initiative started in 2010. 
I think it's a hundred million. I Every think that's year the, or no, 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 no. Over that ten year span, I believe that was the number I was reading this morning. Uh, probably should have written that down to have it in front of me. I'm sure we could pull it up at some point. And if I'm wrong, I'm sure someone will fact check me on that. But anyway, sorry to cut you off. No, and that's fine. And like, I mean, hundred million dollars is great. Um, but how much money does Bell make in a year? Billions. And I I preface that as like, all right, I present that as a question, but it's a statement. They make billions of dollars, um, and they're claiming that they care about mental health. Um, and I'm getting off topic here when it comes to football, but this is just my my aggression towards Bell. Let's talk day. Um, no, on for the sure. Side of the, on the side of corporate things here, is Bell Bell uh, cares about mental health. Um, let's talk about their uh, the, uh, the word escapes me here. Their contract with the Ontario government when it comes to jails. Yeah. Let's talk about let's talk about the fact that anyone that's in a jail has to pay at least at minimum a dollar to to communicate with someone in a quote unquote the outside world here. And it can be upwards of fifteen dollars if it's long distance. And they have to it has to call landline, so it can't be calling any other, you know, kind of service provider here. Do you want to talk about mental health? And and, and I don't want to hear anyone saying, Oh, the people in jail, they made their choice. They they deserve whatever they deserve. <laughs> Shut the fuck up! Yeah. You want to talk about well, mental health? Like, why are you, why are you, why are you silencing people? They can't, you know, they they can't call out and get resources. They're now having to pay for things like that. And there's a lot of people who wind up in those positions because they have mental health issues to begin with, and then it just gets compounded because of the issues that you are raising here. So I just to add that into you. Go ahead. No, no, no. I, this is, I mean, this is a conversation. I'm always going to rant, but I, I <laughs> if I won my own podcast, I would go and just do my own podcast. But um, no, it's like I. I what are they actually doing? Like that, again, that's the corporate side of things. That's not even my biggest qualm with Bella's Talk Day. Um, I I know f- not not personally for me, but I know there are a lot of people that get triggered by Bella's Talk Day, and also people that feel excluded. Um, so you know, they're shoving their own mental illness in their own, in their face, and they get triggered, they get overwhelmed, and then there's people that feel like they're not included because let's be real, Bella's Talk Day, the main focus is depression and anxiety, and that's huge. And especially in a time in, in a time where people are locked in, there are higher rates of not only people that are already suffering from depression and anxiety, but people that are now now experiencing, you know, some sort of depression and anxiety. But what about people that you know that have bipolar disorder? Those people are, aren't really being included hmm. in something that's supposed to be inclusive. And so, like, that's that's the beginning of my frustrations, yeah. and I'm going to continue. And I'd love for you to step in before I continue mm-hmm. <laughs> with my frustrations. Well, so- yeah, yeah, you know, and like I completely hear where where you come from, and there's actually a what was pleasantly surprising in some of the reading I was doing, just sort of prepping for this, is actually a decent amount of scholarship on this very topic, and I'm forgetting her name. I want to say the last name was Vito or Vido, but she did her master's at Windsor, and when she wrote her dissertation, I believe in 2019, it was exactly about, and I don't remember the title, it's not hard to find if you sort of Google some of these keywords, but about the sort of, not just the efficacy of Bellet's Talk Day in terms of perhaps some more of the questions regarding the, 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 the corporate side of it, but in terms of actually... It, some of the other themes that you're picking up on in terms of isolation or not isolation, but um, 
Yeah, I'm. I'm I, I read through it kind of quickly. I didn't, I'll, be, I'll be honest. I didn't read the full dissertation because it's some sixty pages long. But it, you know, point being that, like, I'm, I was actually impressed that there is, uh, you know, scholarly work being done sort of on this topic to to um, examine it because it's, it's it's definitely complicated. For me personally, um, you know, I th- I take a more I don't know. Sometimes maybe it's it's it's, it's an ignorant perspective. Um, from just like not doing more looking into it and just hearing out other people. But the idea that, you know, and, and I did check while you were talking there, it was around 100 million over 10 years. And I, I guess the way I walk away from it hearing, you know, things that you say and I've had other conversations is that it's it's far from perfect. And there's a lot of things that they do that's like, you know, just by not doing what you're, you know, the prison situation with the phones is a great example. It's like you could just like just fixing that uh, would be a hell of a start. Uh, overall, I take more of an approach of like, you know, it could be better. Let's acknowledge that like there are flaws in what they've done while it has been a, a good thing and it has given people a time to talk about these things when perhaps in the past it, it just hasn't been spoken about. But then recognizing that it's 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 an imperfect, it's imperfect. And I guess sort of my question to you is that given that you do acknowledge and recognize that there are benefits to while perhaps you don't love the corporate side of it, that as opposed to a grassroots model, there are going to be benefits of having a corporate sponsor and a corporate connection. But so I guess part of my, my question I want to sort of throw to you is what are some of the things that um, if, if you can maintain the positive components of, of this and reconcile some of the issues that you see with it, what would a more uh, appropriate or I don't know what the word is, just what would be a, a version of this that you would like to see, or maybe it's a completely radical change in it. Um, so before I get into that, one thing, and again, anyone that's listening, I would, I would encourage you to fact check anything I say, whether to maybe have my facts wrong and you can correct me, or to further educate yourself. But just talking about the the prison thing, just briefly again, Bell makes more money off of that in a year than they donate in a year, from what I, from what I was reading. That's fascinating. Okay. And again, I could I could be wrong. The articles I read could be wrong. Yeah. But it's what I've read. So for me, that's No, that's that's you're, you then you're not actually you're not actually no money's coming out of your pocket really. It's like a neutral. Uh, it's like it, it, it kind of bounce. Yeah. Um I mean, so the thing the thing with me is the money's being donated but and I I'm, I'm positive when I log on to Twitter Thursday, I'm going to see probably Doug Ford tweeting Bell let's talk and politicians tweeting Bell let's talk. Um, but what's actually happening? You know, why are we, we're shutting down, you know, social work programs. We're cutting budgets for, for social workers and things like that. So put your fucking money where your mouth is. Mm. And this isn't, again, I don't want to go on a rant about, you know, what people should do better. And I just kind of want to talk a little bit about my beef about the day. And then obviously about some other stuff with, when it comes to sports and mental health. But I mean, it's similar to an episode you're going to listen to when we, we talk to a Um, don't fucking lie to me. If you don't care about this, then just say that. And I'm not going to respect you for it. I'm going to think you're a piece of shit. But I would prefer that than seeing a bunch of politicians and a bunch of you know celebrities and all this stuff. Between you know, Bella's talk, you know, it's important to raise awareness, and it is important to raise awareness. And I can't paint with such a broad brush and say that all celebrities and all politicians are you know pieces of shit. <laughs> but I mean, I, I promise you that I will see Doug Ford. I don't follow him, so I'll probably have to look for it. Tweeting Bell, let's talk. Mm-hmm. Dude just cut a shit ton of budgets for after-school programs for kids. 
which in, which includes the sports, which includes a lot of stuff, which includes the after school meals and stuff like that. And you don't think that's important. You don't think I'm not, not I'm not attacking you, but I'm saying people don't think that's important. Yeah. That that's not you know directly in correlation with what's mm-hmm. you know a, a someone's livelihood, someone's mental health. Like, and I get, I understand. I'm not a politician. I don't see the books, but just don't be such a two-faced piece of shit garbage asshole and i, I don't have and i don't have the answers i don't know first yeah. of all like, take take bell out of it start like you made you made the day a, a corporate day let's be real here mm. well so um, a lot of and going back to that piece i was butchering and trying to give the synopsis of and even just say who the, the author was but there's a lot of the conversation a lot of you find written online is that it's uh, like it's a marketing thing more than anything, right? And I think that from our, some of our conversations we had before, perhaps is where it touches a nerve for people where it's um, commodifying something that's so personal for people, you know, and then, and, and once again, as, as someone who, you know, just doesn't, doesn't have that uh, innate response to it and that feeling, but of course that doesn't mean that it's not authentic when other people feel that way. You know, my piece still sometimes comes back to like, well, you know, it's the kind of... It's kind of what you get in the that environment where it's like, yeah, you know, they, it is a bit of a trend, but it's similar to when there was the ALS bucket challenge. And pe- most people probably did that because they just saw their friends doing it and it was a fun thing to post and then you share it. And maybe they didn't even know what ALS was and maybe they didn't even know more after that sort of passed. But you know what? I still feel like a lot of people, a lot more people knew about it after all that than they did prior. And it probably raised a lot more money by sort of connecting with a viral thing uh, than it would have of just a, a more traditional and then that of uh, way of raising money. And, then, you know, that, of course, ties into the component of slacktivism. And is that actually effective or not? And so, I mean, there's so many moving pieces to all of this. And, and I don't I didn't expect I don't expect you to have the answer, of course, when I throw it to you, because, of course, you know, it. If there were a more suitable solution, I, f- I like to think there's smart people out there in this world who are making decisions. Not all the people who make decisions are smart and a lot of them aren't. But that there's, you know, a, a few Joes and Jills that are quite smarter than you and I. I like to think that if there was something obvious that is missing that could be fixed, that I'd like to think that someone would have jumped on. So, But it's a, it's a complicated conversation. I think that's the key here is that it's, you know, it's 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 not perhaps just. It's it's not black or white. There's there's I think, and I, I don't mean to do this thing where you kind of end, end up sort of negating from both sides to saying like, well, it's somewhere in the middle. But I do kind of believe that in this situation where it's like, well, let's see how can we maintain the good that comes from this, but make it reformed in a way that tackles the criticisms that you know yourself. And like I said, there's a lot of scholarship and just articles that people are talking about how. Um, you know, even if it's anecdotal, but just because it's anecdotal, does if there's a lot of people giving their own anecdotes, that turns into you know a bit of a you know there's a through line in that that like yeah it's 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 not perfect. So I you know I don't I I don't know if you have any more thoughts on that or whether you want to transition more into the sports specific realm of it. But well, I mean, I definitely have uh, at least one more piece on Bella. Yeah, yeah. You you are right, and I I won't deny it. It isn't black and white. It isn't all bad, and it isn't all good. And I mean, like, I feel like that's things everything in life. Um, you got to take the good with the bad. It, but it yeah. doesn't mean that I have to kind of sit back and, uh, you know, mm. like it. And <laughs> you know that I won't sit back. And if I don't like something, I'm going to say I don't like something. And I mean, earlier in the episode, this episode, you kind of talked about um, the article that AJ wrote. And 
the only reason I'm about to relate what I'm about to relate is because of the article I wrote. I'm not about, I'm not at all comparing mental illness uh, with, you know, the lived experience of being uh, a black man or woman. Um, but the, the, the article that I'm referring to is when he spoke about uh, the black box that people put on Instagram. And the, the similarity that I see between, um, and not that, again, Bell, Bell's talk is completely different, but the, yeah. the making, the making mental illness cool and hip and it's, it's, it's fun to, to post about. And, and here, here's the thing. So say my issue again is there are people that suffer from mental illness and I, I mean, I'm one of them and, and there's not a lot of people that talk about it. So I do think it's very important to talk about your stories. Um, I think the the lying not the lying because that's a little harsh but like the facade of it all of people everyone posting oh my god you know if you if you ever have a problem you can reach out to me I'm always listening and and that's that's really important it's really important mm-hmm. to be able to have someone to talk to and be able to trust and be vulnerable with but only if that's an honest supporting relationship because I mean Zach you and I have been friends forever and like we can talk about stuff but yeah. I mean. I'm not going to talk to just anybody about anything and, and, and opening that door and, and saying that, you know, I'm say I'm willing to listen to your problems, but then not actually be willing to listen to the problems. You know, yeah. it, it, I think, I think people just need to be a little more honest about things. Um, yeah. So, I mean, I, I wrote some stuff down about this, but then I get a, a little bit passionate and I get a little flustered, but yeah, I just think Bella's talk is one day that kind of people talk about mental illness and it's something that I live with 365 mm. days of the year, 24 seven. I mean, we can, we can transition a little bit into our own little stories about how we kind of yeah. deal with stuff, but it's, it's not just one day and to make it seem like this fun fucking party. Yeah. Everyone let's talk. Mm. Let's wear these fun blue hats that are sponsored by bell and it's okay to not be okay. And I mean, whether that's true or not, I mean, it is okay to not be okay, but don't, fu- don't make it seem like a fucking party. Cause I'll tell you what, when when I stop posting content on at the fifty five and I'm in a depressive spiral and I'm in my room and I want to fucking kill myself, trigger warnings. I'm sorry, but it's not cool. It's not yeah. a hip fucking party, and yeah. don't fucking retweet my suicide. Like fuck. Sorry. No. Take I, it away no. 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 Honestly, man. Like, I, you know, I guess, um, you know, I guess the 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 one thing that I still still separates it from just the the sort of facade of, of certain other social media pieces is the fact that like, even when you see that tweet from that person where you're like, that's garbage. Cause I actually know you and I know that you wouldn't be there for me. Um, that I still take away from it is like, well, them just doing that still, um, raised, even if it's only the one, the 25 Five cent, cents? It, like- no, no. And you, and, and you're right. And the, but that comes back to, it's like, could it be better? And it obviously could be better. Um, and, you know, the one thing that I think came up a lot over the summer and and continuing into the fall, because I think a big piece from the Black Lives Movement, um, the Black Lives Matter movement and how it um, sort of was reinvigorated, you know, uh, and so unfortunately so, of course, because of the murders that happened in the States. But you saw a lot and you'd see I'd see it in neighborhoods going for just jogs around the city, people posting it on their putting signs on their front lawn where to some form or fashion, um, something about a movement, not a trend. And I think that's the key. Um, And and once again, you know, at least speaking for myself here, of course, that not to take away from 
the good that comes from this sort of one day attempt in terms of just if we're at least just fiscally, even though the things you brought up about the amount they make off those phone calls in the prisons and if that's actually close to what they r- donate, then that's actually you know more troubling than I, I would have thought. And I don't have the numbers in front of me as well. So, of course, if you're listening to this and you want to fact check us, please reach out. Um, but to your point, you know, making it a 365 um, thing and you know, maybe that just comes down to a societal change, you know, and maybe we shouldn't expect um, one of the major phone companies in Canada um, with their, you know, billions of dollars to be the one to drive that. Um, so how then as just a society and the culture we live in, how do we take changes and and to sort of segue now into the football side of this and not to toot our own horns, but I think from this type of a platform with talking with players from, like we said, hopefully more than just sports and just football, because no doubt the sport adds in a specific wrinkle that makes it unique to how the athlete deals with their own mental health and being a student athlete. But just by continuing the conversation, um, you know, perhaps not year round, just as far as like this segment is concerned, but just getting those voices heard. And uh, you alluded to some of the things we talked with Elaine about, um, and I'll do the same here, that idea of almost mentorship as an older player when you're talking with rookies or or recruits that you know and just being able to make them know that like hey you know what like being vulnerable is okay because and and i'll just i'll use this as the jumping off point to talk a little bit about sports i don't want to just go on a full kind of story time here with my experience but the thing that never made sense to me and i'm going to start this by saying that the vets i had when i was a rookie um were always really good to me and I think a lot of that had to do with the fact that I was a walk-on player that wasn't threatening anyone's position. And uh, I was a great rookie in the sense that, you know, you tell me to jump, I'll say how high, you tell me to run, I say how fast. Like, I just, I bought in, I, I kind of just played the role as I saw it fit. But, you know, whether it was other teammates of mine who may not have gotten that same sort of treatment or just stories you hear from people at other schools, other sports, whatever, we, we obviously know that, you know, rookies sometimes catch the animosity of their vets. Um, And I think a lot of the time it's because those vets were rookies themselves at some point. They were lower on the food chain and they might have gotten, you know, chewed out by their vets and told like, oh, you're shit or you don't matter. And then when they got in a position of power, they kind of just passed on the buck. That's never made sense to me. Like, how does, if you experience something firsthand where you're like, Hey, like being a rookie kind of sucked. Like I'm moving away from home for the first time. I'm in this new space, all these new people. It's, you know, it's on top of the fact that it's this uber competitive environment where you're competing against your brothers and it's just like nothing you've ever experienced. And then on top of that, someone's kind of kicking you while you're down. It's like, and I'm not trying to make myself seem like some type of hero here by no means. But like when I was a vet, I was just like, yeah, man, welcome, you know, and you still obviously tease rookies for shit and like whatever, like, you know, the kind of like, you know, you know, whether it's a skid at a meal time and kind of more self-deprecating, playful stuff. But like you, if you've been there yourself, know how hard it is as a rookie on a team for all the reasons it is. If you've experienced that, why do you want to make that harder for someone else experiencing it? I, like that never clicked for me. And, and maybe that ties in in the cultural piece. Just how do we just change the way that we interact with one another? Um, I feel like I was talking for way too long and probably a number of points. So I'll, I'll just, I guess I'll just pass the, the baton to you there. Well, no, no, I, I'm, I'm seeing what your point is. Um, and I think it's fair to say that you're not at all blaming. We're not attacking players here, obviously. Oh, no, um, no, no. 
Um, I think a big thing is, um, and this goes for coaches, players, people, and just in real life, no one stops and really asks why they're doing what they're doing. I mean, you're kind of saying that, like, you know, when someone comes in as a rookie, they get hazed. So when they're a senior, they haze somebody. But no one really stops and is like, okay, why? And, I mean, I see yeah. it. I see it with coaches, too. But when I'm having a discussion about, you know, running a play, they're like, oh, we're going to run inside zone here. And I'm like, why? It's like, oh, because well, I've always run inside zone. I'm yeah. like, okay, but, but, but why? What is, what is the benefit of doing this? And, I mean, yeah, so I'm not saying, like, you know, I think hazing has really kind of stopped um, – I mean, it used in to be the a thing traditional, in high, it, it, yeah, it used to be a thing in high school, like ninering people, and like, yeah, I remember in grade nine, I was like ducking and going through halls trying to not get beat up just because I was younger. Shout um, out to Western Tech. Yeah, shout out Western Tech. <laughs> oh, all my friends got expelled. Um, I, yeah, I don't know. I just think, I think when when people kind of bring it up, like you know, maybe we shouldn't do this or maybe we shouldn't do that. The immediate thing is. You're, oh, you're soft. You're a pussy. Y'all. Oh, this is what you signed up for. Why are you being a little baby? But it's like, okay, how am I being a baby? Because, you know, I it will just go to like a generic bullying thing. How am I being a baby? Because I don't want my head shoved in the toilet. Like, mm. how am I? How yeah. am I being a baby? Because I'm saying that it's okay for my my quarterback to to go through a cycle of depression. That doesn't make him any less of a man. I mean, the the stigma about you shouldn't be going to therapy. And I had this my entire university. I was like, I'm never going to therapy. I've never fucking talked about my feelings. Never, ever, ever. It's, it's such a pussy thing to do. It makes you such a... And I don't even like using that term, but it makes you such a... You know, it makes you weak. Um, and... But, like, but why? Why does it make yeah. you weak? Like, I'm saying... There's there's obviously stuff that I can't comprehend myself in my brain. And yeah. it's like... If there's... Stu- if there's... If I say... Say for some reason I'm an offensive lineman... Or I'm a defensive lineman and you're playing O-line. And I can't get by you. Am I not going to go to the gym? To yeah. get better if, I, if you, i'm watching film am i not gonna want to learn more if like am i like the ther- therapy should yeah. be should be film room weight room therapy room yeah like, therapy no, room, like you I mean, you articulated this um quite brilliantly in one of the life after football episodes we did and maybe it was in our intro i forget but where you said you would go to a personal trainer to improve your body so why would you not pay to go and you'd pay to go to a personal trainer to improve so why would you not pay and of course and sometimes there's resources to help with the financial burden of it but why would you not seek someone else to help you with with the mental game and you know as much as football coaches talk about the physical component and just in the culture of football you talk about the physical aspect of it perhaps just as equally maybe sometimes more we talk about it being a mental game and for frankly as much as the athletics and the big hits are just so outstanding to watch i will forever love the game of football just because it is and i'm i'm getting chills just saying this i'm getting <laughs> emotional here it is a beautiful fucking game i'll be watching you know the playoff football going on right now i'll be watching the game and i wish i had the old cowboy like we had in film room where i'm like i'll be with my dad and i'll be like hold on we got to rewind this a bit because like did you see the way the safety rotated over so that you could kind of see that when that linebacker or oh did you see how when that guard pulled out he sealed the guy inside so the and there's just so much so you know we always talk about the mental side of the sport so why would it not be why would we not allow an environment in which the same way that we focus on the physical aspect, and if hey you're a little dinged up, well you're gonna go see the therapist. We're gonna get you back on your feet, and the and the the, the physical therapist in that scenario yeah. get you back on your feet, back in the gym, back on the field. Where if, hey you know what, 
things aren't going great upstairs for me right now. And I don't mean to make light of it by sort of wording it like that, but all right, well, you know what? Let's get you someone you can talk with, someone you can be honest with. And you know, the one time, I'd say the hardest time I ever had in my football career from sort of a, a mental standpoint, and there were plenty of times, four or five times maybe, where I genuinely thought of quitting, um, leaving the team. But one of those moments was in my last semester at Guelph. In, in the year we ended up winning the Yates Cup, and it was like coming off of Thanksgiving. And of course, that's, I think, traditionally a time for a lot of university students, regardless of student athletes, that kind of mid-semester point where it gets really stressful. Of course, that's midterm time. And, uh, you know, I don't want to try and recite any statistics I've heard, but, you know, you, you hear really terrible stories, of well, course. Why, let, let's, let's go into it. Why are the reading weeks? You tell me. I know we talked about this with Elaine, but you go ahead. Because people kill themselves. Yeah. That's you know, something and, that needs to be evaluated. Like it, a school is a school is saying a school is saying, "Hey, we understand that what we're putting you through is extremely strenuous." Yeah. And to the point where you may take your own life. And our solution have three days off. Yeah. And you know what I hated the most? Not about, and I don't think I grew up, we didn't have a fall reading week, but we'd no, have this. Like that just got implemented like, the, like in 2014, 2015 at Western, something like that. Yeah. Some schools had it, I remember. Like I think Laurier and New York might have had it when we were in school. But, you know, we'd get the Thanksgiving break. And we were always somehow lucky enough. I don't know if Stu Lang, you know, just knew people with the scheduling, but we always had uh, either the early game, like the Friday night game or a Thursday game. Thanksgiving weekend and get the chance to go home or it would be our bye week. We're always lucky with that. I don't know who was pulling those strings or whatever, but you get the extra day off, but then they just tag it on to the end of your semester anyways. So it's not really a break as much as it is just a kind of exactly. um, But you know, anyways, it was around that time in my last semester and it was just for a number of reasons. I, uh, like I said, it was one of the times in my playing career that I, I legitimately thought of, of quitting. Um, and, and, you know, I, I love him to death to this very day. The guy I reached out to, one of my best friends um, and teammates, uh, Cameron Wilhelm, the right guard to me at left guard, um, and just kind of opening up to him. And as you were kind of saying, like, you know who your people are, right? Even if there's the facade on in, uh, social media sometimes, like, you know who your folks are that you can go to and talk. And he's always been one of those people for me since playing him and ever since I, I would call him in a heartbeat for anything and I hope that he would do the same with me and he kind of talked me into going to speak with at the, at the time our offensive coordinator um, currently with the Laurier Golden Hawks Todd Galloway to kind of talk about what we were dealing with and um, you know I love coach Galley and uh, you know he's just one of the great coaches in the league and obviously I say that with a lot of bias but it was really stressful to approach him because just of the perception of, of football and what a coach is and the relationship of the coach and a player and thinking like what's going to come of this um, and I don't remember exactly how the conversation went but we went to his office we sat on the couch and we just and once again love Cam to death he kind of spoke for me because I've always been a bit of a soft spoken guy that he just said hey you know we and a number of players are, are having a tough time and I think Gally just kind of he sat there that was the first thing that I loved he just sat he listened and you know, he asked us what we need. Do we need time off? Like he was willing to acquiesce that. And I don't think we ended up, but just knowing that he did just kind of take the time to listen to us, I think was so important for me just knowing like, hey, like 
they actually will listen. And I'm not saying that's the same for every coach. I was lucky and I, I was lucky to have a number of coaches in my life who I think would extend that branch to us. But sometimes you don't even know you have that ability. And it feel I feel bad sometimes because it's like you think, oh, mean old football coach, they're not going to want to talk to me. A lot of them will and a lot of them probably won't. But being able to make it transparent of like, and you know, coaches do say this, my door is always open. Come talk to me. And sometimes that is just talk, lip service or whatever. But being able to honestly know that like, hey, you can walk into my office and just just, just let it out. Because sometimes it's just cathartic. It just feels good to be like, you know, I'm, I'm going crazy here. I'm, I'm going nuts. I got these all this stuff going on. Like, I don't know how I can do it. And just letting it pour out and just having someone sit there and listen, even if it's just your coach. And sometimes I think a coach is almost that much is a good person to be able to do that with because of this sort of power dynamic and just having them sort of validate the things you're saying and just, it felt so good um, in terms of just someone just listening, acknowledging like, yeah, no, I, I know this is tough. Can we do something for you? What, what is that? Um, so kind of rambled on about that, but you know, I know that opportunity isn't there with everyone, every coach, and how we kind of get sports to a place where that is more of a viable option. And maybe it's not necessarily a coach, but maybe it's having like how you have a physical uh, a physiotherapist associated with the team and a personal trainer or a, a workout coach, as you kind of mentioned, you have someone affiliated with the team that you can go speak to. And maybe teams have that already, but. Well, I mean, usually I, you know, I like to joke around, take shots at programs, take shots at coaches just for the heck of it, but I'm not going to do that here. So I'm not going to, I'm not going to say this is any program in general, but let's be real. You know, you go into a program and not even just football, any kind of, sports program and the resources there are physical training physical therapy and tutoring Mm. because they just need to get you through five years and you're at it you're at an age where you come in you know 17 years old until 24 25 depending on kind of on the on the covid restrictions yeah this is this is a time of your life where you're kind of turning into the adult that you are you haven't even kind of realized you know i didn't realize uh, anything about my depression obviously i had a breaking point uh and that's something for a personal conversation but i I didn't realize anything about my own mental health until i was out of university Mm. you know by like a year and a half so they don't and i'm not saying like but like for them like it's not something they have to do they have to make sure you can hit the field right and by that means they have to be in shape you have to be healthy in shape and you have to be academically eligible. Mm. They don't yeah. have to take care of your mental health state. So mm. why would they? No, hundred percent. And you know, it comes back to what we've talked about on a number of fronts where it's like, you know, if winning is the ultimate goal, I mean, A, it shouldn't come at the sacrifice of any of those things you mentioned, whether it's your physical health, your academic um, uh, standing and of course your mental health but you'd think that covering all those things and having players that aren't you know putting on the tough face when they show up to practice and then leaving freaking out about everything that's going on in their life and not having an outlet that how is that conducive to getting the best play you're going to be on the field and you know maybe, maybe it does like maybe I'm sure there are people who just take all that shit going on and I've done it myself too, where you have crap going on in your life and you just 
fuel yourself and you just you know it, 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 it in a weird way makes you a better player but besides that's besides the point of just like as you said we always talk about taking care of the players for those things that you highlighted but that's not the full picture yeah and and I've, I'm definitely someone, I mean, less so with football, more so when I play competitive hockey, that, like, me being angry, I played a better game. So I mm. could use emotions to my advantage. Um, but that fuel, it, to be kind of lame here, I feel like it's kind of like when you're playing uh, Need for Speed or something, you hit the nitrous. And <laughs> it gets you there, but then it's empty. And, I mean, yeah. so for me in my second year, um, uh, when I was playing for the London Bee Feeders, um, the two weeks before the championship game, my high school coach, uh, who was like a, a, I'd call him more of a friend just because he was, you know, I think he was like 25 when I was in, in 18 or something like that. He died. He was in a coma for a month. Oh, wow. Um, rest in peace, Pete Cram. Um, in a coma for a month, it was a questionable hit and run. And he died. Um, and. I, I didn't know how to handle my emotions, so I someone told me that. It's like cool. Sat in my room silently for like thirty minutes, and then picked up my football equipment and went to practice. Like, and I mean, I probably still haven't really handled that in a in a, in a proper way, and that's something yeah. that that's a serious traumatic event for me. And I, I mean, there's millions of other people that have similar situations or comparable situations that they don't have a resource. And I mean. Ryan Clutterbuck, he was my coach at the time. Shout out Ryan Clutterbuck. Uh, coach V also, I mean, they both knew. Uh, they both came out to me uh, in private, talked to me about it. They were great. Those are two of my f- all-time coaches for that, that. That's the reason we won the championship is because coaches that cared. They were coaches that actually gave a fuck about us. Um, and, I mean, that that helped me. But not everyone has that. People don't have resources. That's something that I would I should have talked to somebody about that. I mean, I should have talked about how that, that affected me. But for me, I was just like... Ah, was, you know, it was just it was just a coach. It's whatever. And then the, you know the championship mm. game was the day of his funeral. I was like, oh, you know, I'm just gonna go to the game. And yeah. I mean, to to be fair, he probably would have wanted me to go to the game if he was around. But it's like there, you you need you, you need resources, and that's kind of a situation that it's not just for sports. It's and it's going back to the the rant I said about Doug Ford. It's like you're taking away these resources, mm-hmm. and we're just we're using these athletes whether it's football whether it's basketball whether it's soccer whether it's whatever we're using them and then we're saying all right you guys go figure it out <laughs> have yeah. fun figure out your mental health we've already kind of fucked you up go figure it out and i mean as we kind of talked about it i think when i was talking about my beef with bell let's talk i think my beef is with phonies hmm. in general um and i mean i think programs are a problem i think you know people can be a problem i think we have a responsibility uh and i say we as in media i know quote unquote like we're not and it's not media but like it's media whatever i'm gonna call this media for the sake of this argument um, oh yeah and man and my my biggest beef and i'm trying to remember if you're okay with me kind of going on a little bit of rant here was please um so a fellow dakota but no one calls him dakota we'll call him dak prescott um came out and i think it was the summertime kind of spoke about his brother that uh, took his own life. Um, his brother was dealing with depression, and obviously, uh, the situation he was dealing with with COVID was too much for him. So he, he took his own life. And, and Dak talked about the fact that, you know, 
what he went through kind of dealing with that traumatic event and it came out after like a couple months after like no one obviously people knew about it but he wasn't in the media that Dak Prescott's brother had killed himself and he kind of talked about you know he did he he lost his motivation to eat and work and and work out and watch film and all this stuff and you know that's a very serious thing and Skip Bayless so first of all moving forward I know people have called me the Skip Bayless of this podcast because I talk a lot of shit. (laughs) Moving forward, if you refer to me as a Skip Bayless of anything, I will take that as an insult, and I will treat that situation as such, as if you had insulted me. Don't call me Skip Bayless. Not to take this lightly, because I know that's a very serious thing for you, and you're going to obviously get to that point in a second, but does that make me Shannon Sharp? Because, like, I'm cool with that. (laughs) make you Stephen A. Smith. (laughs) Make you old school. No. um, I got the mustache. (laughs) Skip Bayless pretty called pretty much called Dak Prescott weak, and it showed weakness for him talking about that. Um, I'm trying to find the quote here. He said, "Look, he's the quarterback of America's team, you know, and I know this sport you play. It's a doggy dog. He just says doggy dog. Uh, it's no compassion, uh, no quarter given on football field. Uh, if you reveal publicly any little weakness, it can affect your team ability to believe in mm. you in the toughest spots." And definitely could encourage others on the other side to come after you. So everybody said, "Okay, cool, cool. I understand that your brother died, but like, like, don't talk about it. Mm-hmm. Don't talk about it." So I don't like. I I hate phonies in the sense where you can't. And I don't even know if he's ever publicly said anything positive about mental health. But he has a platform, and don't get me wrong, he got trashed. It was one of my favorite days on Twitter because Twitter is a hateful, hateful place. But it seemed that everyone came together and was just like, fuck Skip Bayless. He's a stupid piece Mm. of shit. And I love that. He got trash. But he is not the only person that thinks that way. Mm. He's not the the only person that thinks that way. He has a huge platform. Yeah. And I promise you that there's little kids watching that that are like, yeah, be tough football. Don't talk about my feelings. I need to show no weakness. And here's the thing, you can have that mindset of showing no weakness, mm-hmm. but dealing with your mental health is not a weakness. Talking about your feelings and your problems, that's not a weakness. So you can say, I need to be tough in football and show no weakness, but don't say talking about your feelings and your mental health and dealing with your depression, your anxiety, your bipolar. I mean, I can't list all of it because there's a lot that a lot of, of people need to be included in this. But that's not a weakness. And I mean, I definitely thought that. So... I know that there's people that think that. I thought, I would say, I'm not talking about my feelings. I'm not going on meds. I'm not doing this fucking weakness shit. It's not. Because in reality, at least in my case, the other option is if I don't show, if I don't talk about my feelings, if I don't deal with my problems, if I don't deal with my mental health, there's not going to be a me to not deal with it. I'm going to be dead. I'm going to be gone. And that's the reality of it for a lot of people. And especially in 2020 when people are trapped inside. people are trapped inside and i hate i hate to use like you know covid depression and stuff but it's a it's a oh, real thing and if no people doubt. aren't talking about it those people aren't going to be there the next day so i mean yeah i just it's just that kind of shit that really bothers me it's a it's that you can talk about your feelings you can talk about your feelings until it becomes an inconvenience yeah what well, talking about you know, your feelings is, is affecting the team shut the fuck up well you know i think to sort of 
wrap it up with some of the other things we talked about, I think a great connection in a lot of things that you were saying and going back to the piece with Bell Let's Talk and is this about making this something that isn't a once a year occasion, just something that is just spoken about in the same terms as, you know, as we were saying, we talk in sports about like, okay, you need to improve in the weight room and these things. You need to improve your game going, studying stuff like this. If your mental health, if you're having issues there, here's some resources so you can improve in that. And by having these discussions and being open about it, because we talked about the Deck Prescott story because, uh, you know, I, uh, I I don't frequent the social media all that much, so I miss a lot of these stories, so I rely on you to, to keep me in the loop. But it reminded me so much of some of the response to, to Paul George. Uh, I know we talked about this, but when he was playing, when they were doing the NBA playoff bubble uh, at the end of last year to wrap up the 2019-2020 season, and he was talking about his, his mental health and how that affected him, and, and a lot of other players spoke about that as well, living in the bubble and, and how just bizarre it was and how that affected them being away from their family and everything but what a lot of people and in some ways I feel like Skip Bayless is doing this too in, his, in the example that you're saying is in some way playing the results against the statement where it's like oh this comes out now how convenient when you just threw like four picks or where they try and use it to say like oh they're just saying that now as a cop up cop out and it's like well you know what though if this were something people were allowed and I hate, I don't like saying allowed to talk about, but that was just more, and one kind of goes back to that piece of just making it a change in culture sometimes, a change in the way that just as people to people we interact. If it were something where, you know, it, it doesn't have to be like a, a breaking news story when a player talks about that. It's just something that like we're aware of, like they, they can be honest about. It. And of course, if they don't want to talk about it, they don't have to talk about it. But, you know, because as you know, when you have a teammate and if they're not playing well, if they're dealing with something and that's going to affect them, it's like, well, how do we, you know, because as we as we going back to what we said, it's like if the result is like the best performance on the field, if something going on in someone's personal life and the way it's affecting their mental health or whatever is then affecting them on the field. It's like, well, then we definitely need to talk about that. Right. We definitely need to find some solutions that if that's because if once again, if we're making it all about the sport, it's like, well, yeah, if, if there's something going on, let's. Let's, how do we how do we put you in a in a, in a place where I, I was gonna say put you in a better place, but just get you to a more um, you know how do we get you to somewhere where you're dealing with these things in a healthy routine, you know? And I think just having those conversations, making it something where it's not you know these sort of spurts throughout the year, but just part of the culture, the way we just address one another, the way we talk to each other. Um, maybe maybe the solution lies in something there. I mean, we're not. I'm not going to ever say that I have a, a solution. Course, I mean, I do yeah. think. I, I do think at sometimes you know things are getting a little bit better. I mean, obviously I've formed. I wouldn't wouldn't like to say I have an echo chamber when it comes to the to the people around me, but I have I have noticed that you know things get a little better. But I mean, look, everyone will say they support people with their struggles with mental illness until Kanye goes manic and has and is tweeting a bunch or until uh, Will yeah. Smith can be made into a meme because of the red table or until Kyrie has to miss three or four games because of an undisclosed reason. I mean, I think it's people will support it until it's an inconvenience for them or until they find something funny. Um, and, and not to sidetrack here or to all um, boost anything, but if you are watching this on any YouTube or anywhere we put it, uh, you're seeing that Zach and I are wearing these hats that I at least like. Um, they are for sale on our website. And the reason I am saying that 
is because all proceeds, and when I say all, I mean all, the only payment we're getting is to pay for the hats themselves. Um, so 50 to 75% of the money that you're spending is gonna go to Stella's Place, which is a charity run in Toronto, um, whose focus is on mental health for youth, um, for adults between the ages of 16 and 29 who are experiencing mental health challenges to get the support that they need. Um, so if you want to get a hat, we also have masks. I refuse to profit off masks. I refuse to profit off a pandemic. Uh, I promise you, uh, you can go to our website at the 55.ca. I believe it's slash store or slash shop. One of the others, um, you can pick it up. Get a nice little thank you note from Zach and I. I'll throw it in the mail, and if it's too far and the shipping costs too much, Zach or I will drive out to wherever the heck you are. <laughs> Could use a little road trip getting out of the house. Um, but yeah, I mean, obviously this is a this is a very important talk for me. I could talk about this for a while, but I'm not going to because as much as I am okay being emotional, I'm not going to get too emotional with things. And I think it is a good good start. And we'd be kind of hypocrites if we said that we're that Bell is talk is shit for talking about it for one day, and we're going to talk about it for one day. Um, I believe we have ten episodes coming out. And I know that wrapping up is usually your thing, so I'm sorry, but we usually have ten Take episodes it, coming out. Um, I mean, Elaine Simakinda is coming up next, and it's not just football. It's not just one. One is not just football, and two is not just guys. Because I don't want to just have a bunch. And, and as, as important as it is to talk about mental health and, and football, um, we need to, we need to hear stories from everybody. Mm-hmm. That's every sport, every race, every gender. Um, and yeah, so I mean, we got a bunch of episodes coming out. I think we're. By the time you're listening to this, Zach and I will already have recorded like seven. <laughs> um, so I'm really excited about that. Uh, obviously, we have some other segments coming out, which you know you'll see. But yeah, Zach, sorry I rambled away there a little bit. No, that that was perfect, and I love the connection with the hats because yeah, it's 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 not just us. We're not turning in a buck on this. We're trying to promote the brand and promote something that's important to to us and to so many of you listening. Trust me, I don't have a job right now. I would. Love, love to make money. Yeah, it's just not something that I can do though. Not saying like I'm morally and, and Zach is the same. It's just like, yeah, we don't we we we're not in this situation where we like the money could be going to somewhere better. So let's put the money to go somewhere better. Um, mm. Sorry, yeah, take it away. No, 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 I, um, no. That that was great. And then yeah, you, you, we'll obviously get to talk about. You'll hear us talk about a lot of these things and more as we do these interviews with, uh, as Dakota said, a number of folks coming up, and including, as you alluded to, our our first female guest in <laughs> over what three years of doing the show. We have our first uh, female guest yeah, coming on the is, show, which is shame on us. But yeah, no, it's I'll yeah I'll I'll, I'll put the egg on my face for that one. Um, so a lot of exciting stuff cop coming up and if you're hearing this you want to be part of the conversation you want to call you know uh you know check in with something what we said or or whatever you know you can reach us on actually i'm going to pass it back to you to do the the uh all the socials and places to reach uh, us out at the 55 podcast um you don't have to type the at you just get the little at going there um i mean if you want to talk to me mainly you can message us in the dms Uh, I'd love to, you know, if you want to come on the podcast, talk about mental health and sport, have at it. If you want to just talk to us privately, you can message us there. If you know, if you want to write a little piece for outside of the playbook, I would love it. 
I really, really, really enjoyed AJ's article. Mm-hmm. Um, I really encourage anyone that feels like there's something they want to talk about that it isn't just going to the gym, working out, playing sports, doing that stuff. And you're saying that's your real life, seeing more about athletes that isn't just on the field. And that's why I'm calling it outside the playbook. Um, yeah, message us, tweet at us. Uh, I don't think we have anything else. Go on our website. I mean, I'm sure you can contact us through yeah. there in the email. Zach, what is it? At the 55 podcast at gmail.com. Exactly, um, yeah. Yeah, follow, like. I mean, I don't even care if you follow and like. That's not even that important. But, I mean, if you want to have a conversation or, you know, even if you're not liking what we're doing, I'm open to hearing that. Trust me, you will not be the first person to trash talk me in the DMs, and I guarantee you won't be the last. I'll get, yeah. I, I get a fair share of those plus the good ones, so I'm not worried. <laughs> You want to talk yeah. a little shit. And you know what? If you go on the website, if you read AJ's piece, if you go in the archives, you read the incredible piece Brandon, our, our, our brother Brandon Mackey wrote about his experience with concussions. It, don't think that that's what you have to write. You know, it, 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 it can be whatever. You know, it doesn't have to be an essay. Just if you have some thoughts you want to share, it, we have a number of platforms that we have for you to be able to share your thoughts and feelings uh, with whoever wants to tune in and listen. And, uh, you know, we just like to hope that it, it maybe helps someone else out. You know, that at the end of the day, just trying to spread the good word about all these things that we'd like to talk about. And of course, you know, talking about some football along the way, which <laughs> hopefully, hopefully we'll get some word about something coming up, news, some news on that front. We have a couple of guests that we're trying to line up sort of outside of these specific interviews. We're doing our freshman 15, keep an eye open for that content, interviewing young players coming up in the league, as well as these conversations about mental health. Follow us on all those platforms Dakota mentioned um, to be able to stay up to date on, on everything we're doing. And yeah, if you have anything you want to say to us, you know how yeah, to catch so I reach guess we us. Should, so, so these episodes on mental health will be coming out every Thursday. Uh, Zach and I will discuss a time and try and coordinate. So it's, you know, we're going to start doing YouTube videos. I mean, hopefully this works. Uh, this is my first attempt uh, yeah. doing YouTube videos for our podcast. A lot of people have said they want to do it. I mean, I guess people want to watch us. I don't know why. I look at you. I look at me. I say, let's keep it audio only. Um, <laughs> yeah, we're going to do these on Thursdays. Tuesdays will be our freshman 15. I know freshman 15 Friday sounds a lot better, but... <laughs> I want to spread out the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then, like Zach said, we're going to have people on here talking about other stuff. Um, you know, random guests here and there. And I think there was that one-off Wednesday. So if we have kind of a one-off mm. episode, we're going to throw it in on Wednesday. So you get Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday episode. I'm going to try and dig myself out of this hole that I've been kind of put myself into over the winter break and try and get some uh, content going back out on Twitter and definitely at least on Instagram and YouTube. Um, so for all the people that don't actually listen to these podcasts and just like to look at pretty pictures i'm gonna try and do some more of that but that's just me and dealing with my own demons right now well you know on that note you know and, and just actually to touch on something you'd mentioned there you know if you want to talk to us about something you know if, if you don't have the conversation about mental health if it's not a freshman 15 those one-off wednesday things you know that's a perfect slot. We're always open to have conversations about anything. It's not specifically about these things. That's just obviously promoting what we're really excited about right now that we're doing with the brand. Um, so on that note, um, you know, you'll be hearing this on it'll be Thursday. You're hearing this. So we'll, you'll have a freshman 15 for you next Tuesday. Our conversation with, well, we've already talked about, so we'll spoil it now with Elaine Sim and Kinda El Saucy himself, the new member of the Carlton Ravens, number five, fifth player, best overall player in the OUA 2019. Was it th- wait? Was it third? No, he's what? Number three. He's number three on his jersey, is what he was saying. Oh, oh, sorry. Number five I was like, on our list. Number three on the jersey. Uh, num- number five. 
number five in our list, number three in the, on the jersey, number one in our hearts. On that note, we will see you next time at the 55.